What's up, everyone? This is Go Long with Dunn and Monus. One of us is in Buffalo, New York. I think you're in Buffalo, New York, right? I can't tell from I your think. background. I don't know where the hell you, you are. Half the time. I can't keep track either, but let's go with Buffalo. <laughs> let's go with Buffalo tonight. Okay. All right. Is that really where you are? I have no idea. I am in Buffalo tonight, but I know where you're not because I can see the background. Right. Yeah. I'm sitting outside at the beautiful Desmond Spirits and Oven in downtown Phoenix. Unbelievable pizza. Just had a wood-fired pizza. The Desmond hit the spot. You know, sometimes you get those personal pizzas, Jim, and it's like, how in the hell am I going to eat this whole thing? You're just staring at it. It's staring back at you, and you don't know how it's going to get done. And then 15 minutes later, it's completely eliminated. So it was incredible. Drinking a local IPA. We're, we're outside. Actually, James Jones just walked by. Um, saw my buddy Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston. He walked by. So I'm just going to tell our listeners, our viewers, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to walk by here at Super Bowl week, but we'll just, you know, bring them on in real time. And, you know, Connor Orr might be here. Uh, Sports Illustrated. I think he's on his way. I miss you, Jim. I wish you were here to celebrate. To drink some beer, talk some football, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll make do best we can. I keep looking for Howie Roseman. That's who I'm looking for in the background. I keep thinking somehow, some way, we're going to see Howie Roseman. Well, I texted you uh, on media night, so we're we're <laughs> at a, at crazy media night, and it's just, I mean, it's a little insane. I mean, they've really tried to, I mean, in pure NFL fashion, just contrive entertainment in a place that does not need it. I mean, like there's there's reporters there, TV, print, everything. Um, but then there's also a layer of absolute batshit ridiculousness. And it's it's a TV event. There's cheerleaders, there's mascots. The whole Phoenix Suns arena is just full of fans. They're just watching this all with you know headsets they can tune in to, to a few interviews. So hey, I guess if if you can do it, if you're the NFL, you might as well. Uh, but anyways, so the, the Eagles are introduced. The players are walking through this tunnel. And as it just happens, I walk right by Howie Roseman, your former grunt co-worker with the we Philadelphia were, we were Eagles. Grunts, we were grunts together. And I just was like, you know, he's, you know, he's like on a mission, right? He's moving fast. He's walking to his place right when they introduced the team. And I just said to him in passing as we're walking by, Jim Mona says hi. And his head turned right around, man. It turns right around. Whoa, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> well, he's probably he's probably thinking great. He's Jim's trying to get a hold of me again for a job. He's probably looking for a job again. He's, he's thinking, no, it's the one person who could be running the Philadelphia Eagles better than me. So keep wow. his name out of your mouth. Hey, how we, we we talked about it on the pod. You, you wrote a great story about it, but it's all out of respect. I mean, it's fun to relive those days to think about how we all started, whatever job you're in, right? I mean, you look yeah. back on things and you're like, man, I can't believe we did that then, that way. And, but no, but out of respect, knowing how hard it is to sustain success and actually stay employed in general, that I got to give Howie credit, so... I mean, yeah, we might as well launch into that. I mean, we're, we're judge. We, we have to judge these teams, these GMs, these coaches on the bottom line, on results. And I get it. You know, if they would have just forked over a blank check to Allen Robinson or, you know, insert potential disasters mistake here, 
it, it, we're looking at this in a different light. Uh, but he didn't, right? He made the right decisions. Then the, th- that goes to the what ifs of, of personnel in general, right? I mean, what if the Bills draft Patrick Mahomes? What if um, the Bills sign Antonio Brown and they never trade for Stephon Diggs? I mean, right. the things that happen that, that you try to do sometimes as a GM and then they don't happen – Sometimes you were wrong. You were going to be wrong on something, but it didn't happen. So, hey, it goes in your favor. But it's the inexact science of scouting. And we've talked about it, how he's made mistakes, just like everybody. But he's had chances to make up for those mistakes, and he has. The owner trusts him. But, Tyler, what I was really thinking about tonight was Andy Reid. And the reason I think about Andy Reid a lot right now is I actually believe, think if I'm crazy on this. I think another Super Bowl, I'm ready to say, I think you can make an argument. He's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. There is a take. So There is a, a take hot. from Look, Jim Monas. That's hot. That's hot that's I think that, that, was just in that, that was just in the, the pizza oven inside. I think I just took a bite into that take. So that's that hot take that I can say because nobody cares and I'm not going to get fired if I'm wrong. But there's really no right or wrong answer, so I'm going to say it. But let me just tell you why, right? Belichick, obviously Belichick's the guy we always just say is the greatest head coach of all time. Even though his first stint as a head coach, we know, in Cleveland, didn't work out so well. Next stint, you get your your shot with the Patriots. Now, Drew Brees gets the injury. I mean, Drew Bledsoe gets the injury. I mean, I don't know. That was a good team anyway, right? Regardless, that was a good football team. They were going to be in the mix. They were relative. Then Brady comes in. Now the rest is history. Point is, he loses Brady. And this guy, who's the greatest coach in the history of football, right? The history of football, Bill Belichick, has his son as the D coordinator and two guys who have never coached offense before or called a game before the offense coordinator. That's the greatest head coach in the history of football. That's the greatest coach. I'm supposed to tell you the greatest coach in the history of football without Tom Brady, the best he can do is draft a quarterback who wasn't first round worthy, hire two guys as his offensive coordinator, which I've never heard of before. And his son's the defensive coordinator. That's the best coach in the history of football. Or is it Andy Reid who took a Philadelphia Eagle team to however many straight NFC championships, a Super Bowl, got got them a franchise quarterback in McNabb, part of Tom Modrak, Mark Ross, Andy Reid, the whole rebuilding of Philly back in early 2000 with McNabb. They run the window closes in Philly. They make one more run. Post McNabb a little bit with Michael Vick. They had some, they, they tried. The window closed. Andy Reid goes to Kansas City. Not a bad franchise, right? They weren't in the depths, but they weren't where they wanted to be. Where are they now? Getting ready to win another Super Bowl. Going back to a Super Bowl. So what is what has Andy Reid done as a head coach with two different franchises in the NFL that didn't come ready? They weren't ready to win right away. I mean, he built those teams how he wants them built. Both look the same. He's evolved as a coach. He's evolved over the years. Look at his staff. He he's, has a loyal staff. He, he brought Matt Nagy back right when he got fired from Chicago. We talked about it. Nagy will take over for Biennemi soon. 
eventually he'll be the head coach in KC whenever Coach Reed is ready to step down. But I really think, Tyler, another Super Bowl – and, and look, I know the whatever, greatest coach, whatever, it doesn't matter. He needs to be in the discussion. I right, absolutely love this take. It was That was eloquently, perfectly encapsulated. I'm because gonna I think we get, I'm gonna, we, get, I'm gonna leave now. You right. Have, I'm, I can't drop, say anymore. Just drop the drink and just walk right out of there. Right. <laughs> no. Before, I just go ahead though. Go ahead though. What do you think though? Like. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless because I, I I'd go Belichick because I yeah. do think it's bottom line, it's and they, you know, they, all these Super Bowls that are replaying this week, it's I, it becomes such a such such a time suck because you just end up watching. All of them, start to finish. Uh, I mean, r- really. I mean, the the Atlanta comeback was masterful in its own ways. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady obviously orchestrating it, but Bill Belichick making a few chess moves in that. I mean, they held Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams to three points in the Super Bowl. They got 12 quarterback hits. Todd Gurley did nothing. It basically ended his career. Um, Sean McVay was embarrassed. I do think that there are very – distinct moments with everything on the line where Bill Belichick himself rose up, let alone, I mean, for the, the first three Super Bowls with a young Tom Brady and a defensive-minded team, and they are winning divisions year after year after year, winning conferences. I, Man, I get it, Like, and I, I love Tom Brady. I think he's the greatest player ever, and it's not necessarily close. But I have a hard time putting an Andy Reid – who has come up short time and time and time and time again um, in that class. I respect the take, though. We need more of this. We need more outside-the-box be thinking honest, because, like yeah. you know, but you're, you're absolutely right in how he has re- redefined himself and, and offenses and teams. I mean, the Mike Vick thing itself is fascinating, where this is a player, I mean, in jail. He's out of football for years, and you just take him in and win games with him? I mean, that's unbelievable, really. Um, Kansas City, I mean, they pay Patrick Mahomes all this money, and yet they continue to draft unbelievably well. I mean, look at the playoff win over Cincinnati. where top to bottom from Trent McDuffie down to Isaiah Pacheco. Everybody is making plays. Everybody. Everybody on that on that team. And that that's Andy Reid, right? I mean, we both know he's got his his hands all over this team. He's in charge, much like Sean McDermott in Buffalo. I mean, he's getting the guys he wants. Um, so and they have it's the unbelievable GM, what he's done. They have their and their GM and the GM that they have, Brandon Bean, Brett Beach, their trustworthy, right hand picked GM, just like we always talk about, structured correctly. So there's no surprise. And before I forget and too, Tyler, oh yeah. You know, just with um with Howie, the one the one thing I was trying to think of was um Russell Wilson, right? They they, they went in on him. Like if they imagine if this was a team and a GM that, that got into the Russell Wilson business, that could, that could have been ugly. So it is the line is unbelievably thin. But that, that I mean that's why you're defined it's by so your choices. But you you know what what, what it's, it's, we can only we can only judge these these GMs and coaches on what happens on the outcomes and yeah. these are two GMs and two head coaches that have by and large hit on their draft picks okay. hit on their free agent signings and made bold decisions at quarterback right I mean we should really launch into that because 
Philadelphia did not need to draft Jalen Hurts. They were one year, less than a year removed from handing Carson Wentz the most guaranteed money in NFL history, $108 million. And you draft a quarterback in the second round. That's absolutely going to affect the psyche of that player. You just handed all of that money to man. That takes balls. <laughs> I mean, there's, there, there's coaches and GMs that don't even entertain the faint thought of that. It's, I mean, they're not even having a conversation in January, February, March, and at no point is that even a conversation. And they draft Jalen Hurts. I mean, that does take outside-the-box thinking that you have. That's why I love talking football with you, Jim. Some GMs have and some don't. No, it's it's fun to study the guys that take – I like the guy. You asked me a question earlier this year about just the Bears with Justin Fields with the first pick. And would they draft a quarterback? You know, would would you if you had that that pick and you had Justin Fields? And I said simply, yeah. If you valued that quarterback better than Fields, and you valued him as the right guy to lead your team to a Super Bowl, then you have to draft that quarterback. It's not necessarily a knock on Fields. You're just you're always looking. I hate to say it, you're always looking to upgrade. And you know what? It's a hard business. And I see. I do see both sides. I think um, initially with that Hurts pick, I was absolutely em- empathizing with Wentz because I'm thinking of 2017 Wentz, who was the best player in football before his tour's ACL. And think, you know, if you're going to operate through that prism and doing everything in your power to maximize that talent, you're not drafting a quarterback in the second round, right? But guess what? You know, it's a, it's a tough business, and he, he, you can look at it as all right. Well, Wentz should have been able to process that, dealt with that, played well, you know, taking the competition head on. That's what Aaron Rodgers did. I mean, I think we both think you know the the decision to draft Jordan Love was, was smart. I mean, it's a premium position. You believe in the guy. Yep, and Aaron Rodgers didn't like it, but guess what? Guess what? It pissed him off. He won two MVPs. He does what he does, losing in the playoffs. But, you know, if that's the collateral damage, if that's the worst case scenario, that's fine. That's fine. But now, but now you got to move on. And don't get me going on that situation. I'll have a story uh, Thursday morning on the four-day darkness cleanse um, for, for old Aaron. But that pick was smart. The Hurts pick was smart. No position in football matters more than quarterback. It's not even close. And I mean, Andy Reid. I mean, he he made a bold decision as well. I mean, you 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 were a part of that. You're all. A part of it. I knew it the whole um, time. I knew, and we knew it was a quarterback the whole time. We just didn't know if it was. We didn't know if it was going to be Watson or Mahomes. That's all. You know, you hear things Super Bowl week. Um, you know, I'm at Eagles availability, Chiefs availability. So they're at their own hotels and basically they get, sorry, there's a, there's a motorcycle there. You're going to have some ambient noise on this podcast. Um, uh, but then, you know, I'm hanging out on radio road, trying to shake hands, kiss babies, you know, make acquaintances. One thing I heard this week, Jim, and I want to know if you heard this too, because you were a Southeast scout for the New Orleans Saints. You were involved with the trade, obviously, um, out of that pick to Andy Reid, to the Chiefs, he's moving ahead of the New Orleans Saints to take Patrick Mahomes. 
I heard there's a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to Sean Payton loving Patrick Mahomes. Uh, He was infatuated. I know a lot of it's already out there, but it was like he is openly telling people, this is my guy. We are going to move this franchise from Drew Brees to Patrick Mahomes. Um, Like he, he was all, 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 all. And, and somehow word got, got to Andy Reid and the Kansas city chiefs. And they were wise enough to jump up and beat Peyton to the punch. You know, at some point these stories kind of take on, you know, a little bit, a little bit too much color. It becomes a little too cartoonish. And you're not sure what what to believe, but what what did you hear down those lines? Yeah, no, I like this. I can tell you this. I don't know if that's why the Chiefs traded up. I don't know if it's because they knew New Orleans liked him. I don't think that was the reason. They we had that deal in place pretty for a while. They contacted us pretty early on in the process um, that they were interested. Basically, they started talks with us, like, hey, if we want to come up. You know, what will, you know, basically you work the deal out. So basically on draft day, when, hey, if you're, if the guy's on the clock that they want, make the, hey, we already know we're all good on it, make the move. So I don't know about the Saints. I don't know how they would have known anything about what the Saints were going to do, really. What we did know about the Saints was, if I'm trying to remember correctly, but I'm almost positive, they couldn't trade up. The Saints, I don't think, had any ammo to go up. And, so there's certain teams you know are going to like we knew everybody knew we were going to take a quarterback if we stayed at that pick, probably you know, because yeah. it was going to be Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson. We were doing the work on them, so the the league would in general the league would assume like if I was working for another team and had to you know you keep track of the Bills, you're thinking Bills are going to take quarterback, which is fascinating though because organizationally, you guys made the decision we're not going to draft a rookie quarterback because Sean didn't want to start a rookie. That was only in our building. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. In your building. We knew we weren't taking one. Yeah. 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 I'm saying we, but I'm saying if I was another team, they would think the bills are definitely taking a quarterback. Um, Just because, you know, whatever it was the year. And, and and then, you know, the teams ahead of the bills, the teams right after the bills and you, you know, who's probably going to take a QB and, you look back on it, it's just fascinating to see how it falls. But when they took Trubisky, you know, that's when we were like, okay, what if that's who the Chiefs wanted? Like, what if that's who the Chiefs wanted? So we were, you know, until then our pick game, as it got right, you know, a little bit close to our pick, you know, Dorsey, John Dorsey was the GM at the time called Whaley. And, hey, our guy's still on the clock. You know, if our, if our guy's on there, we're going to do it. As soon as, as soon as I forget who was picked right before us, but as soon as we went on the clock, they called and we're like, all right, it's Mahomes or Watson. God, I'm fascinated by this draft, Jim. My buddy Dan Wiederer at the Chicago Tribune, I mean, he did a, a very extensive story, uh, on, on how the Bears got their minds in a position to take Mitch Trubisky. And Ryan mm-hmm. Pace's infatuation. I mean, they went to just unbelievable lengths to just prevent anybody else from knowing that they liked Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just goes to show. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, here we are sitting Super Bowl week. Patrick Mahomes is playing in his third Super Bowl. He's the best player on the planet. 
It's not even close. He's not even doing close. things that we haven't seen ever. Should have been the first pick of the draft. I mean, and Mitch Trubisky is. He's fighting for a job. Played a little yeah. bit there in Pittsburgh, and we don't know what's going to happen next. No, he's in the backup. He's fighting to make teams now. He's fighting to prove he's a really good number two. And it just, it just, it goes to show how much of a crapshoot the draft is that a, an entire franchise put so many resources into making that decision at the top of a draft and was that unbelievably wrong. And it happens well, again and again and again. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson even. I mean, what what are we going to say about him at the end of the day? When, when I mean, we're acting like that was a great pick. I don't even know if that was a great pick. That franchise is completely destroyed. Um, I'm not saying it's Watson's fault, but, I mean, he certainly – he didn't look uh, anywhere near like a playmaker for Cleveland this year. I mean, that stuff that – the way he looked – and I don't want to be too hard on him, obviously, because he wasn't playing a lot. He was coming off everything. But I'll be hard on also- the fact that – he didn't look like he looked like garbage. Like, let's just say it. He played bad. And you're not even talking about massages. <laughs> you're just talking about production. Yeah. So anyway, I guess what I'm saying. One quarterback of that, that that's the guy. Mahomes was the guy. Clearly was just the guy. And now I think we're about to witness though. This is where I think the Chiefs. You want to talk about the game a little bit? The, the, I guess, right? Not, it is a big game. We might as well touch no, on it. I wanted to just touch on it from this angle. And then I'll get – I'm sorry. I'm kind of more – here's my take on this game. I think they're the two best teams all year long. I can't find a real angle analytically. Like, these teams are really stacked up. This should be a good one. Where I'm leaning, though, this is why I'm going to say this. I'm going, KC. I'm sorry. You have to earn – the Eagles haven't earned shit in these playoffs and I'm, I'm so what the chiefs have done all year. They have fought through, you know, every, the typical ups and downs that you go through in a season, but then they get through into the playoffs and what they've done in the playoffs has been incredible, especially battling through that Mahomes injury. And if you've watched him all year, he has never wavered. He has never stayed unfocused for losing Tyree kill. Never, ever phased Patrick Mahomes. All he did was put up bigger numbers. I mean, it's unbelievable to think what Mahomes went through this year. I don't feel like anything can stop him. And then I'm looking at Philadelphia. I haven't even really seen Hurts even make a real play yet in the playoffs. Like, they they go against that. They, they, they destroy the Giants. That wasn't even – that wasn't a game. And then they, then they had – they're playing a championship game. The guy shot putting a football to complete a two-yard pass. So what I'm saying is I'm going off the belief – Andy Reid, who I think is the greatest coach in the history of football. Patrick Mahomes, who I think is the greatest <laughs> quarterback in the history of football. Against unproven Hurts, unproven Sirianni. Casey, you got my bet. Love it. Jim Monas is really bringing it to this episode. It's Super Bowl week, man. I'm it's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl week. That's right. And then we got to talk XFL when that, when that comes around the corner. We'll do Yeah, once it starts, we'll get yeah. You know, Jim, I mean, I've been talking to players on both sides all week. I wish I had, like, a really strong opinion on the game right now. I should here with, on, on a Wednesday night. But I like the fact that Philadelphia is built from the inside out. Like, you know, it was 
just just chatting with their offensive linemen today, and they're coached by the absolute best offensive line coach in the business, Jeff Stoutman's um, unbelievable. Um, the, the the passion that he coaches with, he's been around forever. But beyond that, the, the scheme, um, and they're they're very guarded with what they do X's and O's wise. Like they don't really want to even dip their toe into trying to explain why it works. But it is next level. The angles they hit you at. Um, at the first level, at the second level, guards, tackles, center, everybody is liable to hit you at any point. But you're right. They haven't really been tested. They played a Giants team that kind of laid over from the jump. They played a San Francisco team that could not throw the ball. Throwing the ball was not an option in the NFC Championship game for that team. So – I, I I think you're right. I mean, I think the Kansas City going through what they did, and especially in that AFC Championship game, especially when you really get down to the nitty-gritty and look at the star players. I mean, Patrick Mahomes just shatters his ankle, a high ankle sprain, an injury that keeps players out for weeks. I get it. We can hyper-analyze it and wonder, okay, but now he's going against his pass rush. How is he going to move? He's Patrick Mahomes. We'll figure that shit out. He's the best in the world. And he did figure it out against Cincinnati. Like, he was fine. He made the plays he had to make. Chris Jones, he's getting double teamed by one count, 30 of the 45 pass rush opportunities. Getting double teamed that much. He had triple teamed a couple times. He still had eight. He still had eight pressures. Three of them resulted in sacks, two by himself. Five resulted in quarterback hits and incompletions. Um, chatting with Joe Cullen, the D-line coach this week. It was, it was great. I didn't even read Side note, Google Joe Cullen. I totally forgot about the Wendy's incident where he went through a drive through naked um, when he was with the Detroit Lions. Do you remember that, Jim? I remember it. I feel like – I forget where we were when we read that. I feel like we were in draft meetings. I feel like I was with the Saints and we were in a dra- – like t- we were like, ooh, that's a bad – well, you know, when you read something, on, you're like, ooh, <laughs> feel for – To his credit, I, I didn't talk to him about that because, like I said, I, I totally forgot when we're – Chat about Chris Jones, uh, but Jim McBride at the Boston Globe. He's he's from Boston. Joe Cullen is, so he did a story. It was it was great. Um, Cullen is unbelievably unbelievably open and honest about it. He's like, yeah, I just I was really drunk. I blacked out. Didn't know what I was doing, and I was naked and wanted some food, so I went through the drive-through. <laughs> and so we could laugh about it now, but it was no laughing matter then. He got his life together. I mean, he he realized. Look, the the best way. To not put yourself in that position, twenty-one beers deep is to not have beer number one. If you, I mean, we all know our own tolerance. So here's here's the part of the story. I, um, the naked part I, I struggle with because I don't know about you, but I'm probably I've at least pro- tried to go through the Wendy's drive-through probably six to eight times in my life. Walk through it. Um, Six. To, that's a lot of times. Yes, and I got shot down every time because you, you, you have to be in a car when you go through the drive-through. You have to be in a car, but when you have mm. too much to drink, sometimes you just walk right up to the the drive-through and you're begging. <laughs> but the one part I don't get is I never thought about ever taking all the, my clothes off to do it. That's the only part I'm not getting. But yeah, I mean there definitely are. It's. I mean, we can laugh about it because yeah. nobody was seriously injured on his transportation to the Wendy's and back, right? So yeah, that's mine was walking. What's I was bad walking about it? Through it yeah, right. 
anyways, I'm sorry to even bring that up because it was a great conversation. He was incredibly insightful. We talked about Chris Jones's impact on the on the Chiefs defense. Um and what does he say about Chris it's, Jones? It's it's so it's so weird to just talk about serious football after we <laughs> we detoured that direction. Um he he called him a modern day Reggie White. And I, I would agree. these position coaches, they're not they're not hyperbolic. I, I the long time position coaches. He's been around a long, long time. He isn't going to just throw that out there willy nilly to pump up his guys. Like, you know, six five, maybe six six, three ten. Um, he plays inside, he plays outside, he's this indomitable, inevitable presence that can can beat you with strength and athleticism where I mean Aaron Donald is a freak, Warren Sapp is a freak. They didn't look anything remotely close to Chris Jones. So that's where I start to agree with you. It's like, okay, yeah, Philly's line is really, really good. But who have they faced? And Chris Jones, he figured it out against Cincinnati. He just figured it out. They were doubling him. They were throwing everything they could at him. And then you can't, there's going to be that one time where you have to go single. You can't double him every single play. He will be one-on-one, a handful of snaps, and he's going to kill you. You can't. I mean, you can't just avoid him through the course of a 60-snap game completely. Like, somebody who's that talented is going to make the play in the moment, not unlike Aaron Donald trashing Quentin Spain on fourth and one when Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase wide open up the right sideline because Jalen Ramsey fell down. Couldn't get it to him because Aaron Donald's in his grill. I just love that about football, you know? I mean, I think it was maybe Andre Dillard that was hitting on this today with a little bit as much as the game has become so pass happy and pass heavy and you know we we're also we're so obsessed with the quarterbacks. I mean I'm sitting here in downtown Phoenix and there's just signage of Jalen Hurts and Patrick Holmes everywhere. It's the Super Bowls there's still one in the trenches. Really. I mean even the the Philly New England most yards ever in an NFL game. Ever. That game was one when Brandon Graham got to Brady and sacked him and forced the fumble. And then he just ended it. So I I think that Chris Jones is going to be the player capable of having that moment more than anybody on Philly. I mean, they've got a great D-line, but they don't have a Chris Jones. Regardless of Jones, what his stats will be in this Super Bowl, he they will be paying attention to him, and he has to be accounted for. And that's the impact. That's his impact right there, that he will have to – they will count for him on every play. And and we'll find out how good these linemen are when they get singled up with him because that's when you find out about yourself. Yeah, it's nice when you can have some help inside. But I tell you, Tyler, this – you're right, though, but these two teams, like, there is nothing. I'm sitting there, and I, I – you know, I, I made you – I gave you my spiel on why I like KC. But – Eagles win this game. I yeah, I can see that. No question. <laughs> the team, they they've done. They've had a hell of a year. They're so rock solid in every phase you want to be, and and they're they're just like it. They match up so evenly. I it's to the point where, like I said, I'm going. Here we go. A couple years ago, we took I took Mahomes. That was that big. We were laughing our first year doing the podcast when the year Mahomes was. They couldn't protect Mahomes. Remember that uh, against um. Uh, Brady against Tampa and they couldn't protect Mahomes. There was no, you know, he had no, it wasn't going to work. 
497 um, yards before he threw the ball and before he was sacked. That's how often he was, was running nuts. around in his it own maze. But, but that was, you know, I was, I felt good about KC and I still look back on that game and hey, it was a whatever. They won one. I'm just not going against them. As long as they're in the Super Bowl, if it's Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I'm probably betting them. Especially if it's even money and an underdog, he's plus money right now. I mean, it's basically a pick em. You know, it's plus one and a half. But to me, I'll take Mahomes all day. You say it's even, but I, I was surprised to see that. I mean, be, be for all the reasons you just laid out, that, that the Eagles technically are the favorite in this game. And I, yeah, the way I handicap, I had him as a one-point favorite, just like they had him right on it with them, because they are that good on defense. It doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, you can't overanalyze who they play. They both have the same body of work to, you know, to do your best to analyze the game. And the Eagles' defense has been rock solid. Both teams are so good on third downs. Like, it, it's crazy how even they are. I broke down. It, it's like they're, they're ready. This is going to should be a really good Super Bowl. I just can't get over – I just can't get over in my head the lack of, like, just big-time tough plays – that Hurts has not been asked to make in the playoffs. Are you concerned with his passing ability, with the shoulder, no. with whatever he's going through right now? I haven't. I can't say I've noticed him looking different than he did earlier in the year, but he doesn't look exactly the same running as far as his um, – he doesn't look as aggressive wanting to run I thought he was maybe earlier in the year. So I'm not sure if that is injury related or not, but man, he is one thing we don't have to worry about is his toughness. Can I, can I ask you homes. this? I'm, I'm kind of jumping the gun on a story. I haven't, I haven't written it yet. It's going to be out at go along uh, later this week, but I want your perspective on this. We, we haven't even talked off air about it at all. Um, but Sitting down with Jeff Stoutland, these Philadelphia offensive linemen, Landon Dickerson as well. Um, I, I feel like the way they're coached on the line and the emphasis they put into their offensive line, maybe this is uh, – it's a little strong to call it NFL money ball, but as GMs lament the fact that they don't have money to spend on players and draft capital. And as Brandon Bean said, I don't want to suck to get Jamar Chase. This is a way to get better as a team. Find yourself a genius, unbelievable offensive line coach. We've talked about them, right? A lot of them are nuts, a little too nuts. Uh, And, you know, you don't even necessarily need to go spend money on a high-priced free agent or a top-five pick, but just do everything you can to find a really, really talented offensive line coach because that coach is going to get the absolute most out of your left tackle to your right tackle, and then that whole line is going to affect everything. It's going to affect the ground game. I mean, Philadelphia ran for, God, I think it was 363 yards against the Packers in that win this year. I mean, when they get rolling downhill, it's un- it's an unstoppable rushing attack. They protect Jalen Hurts. They're they're just a well-oiled machine at this point. So 
it starts with Stoutland. I mean, he's been there back to Chip Kelly. He's been there forever. He just extended, I believe, um, when he, he could, you know, apply for offensive coordinator positions if he really wanted to. But it's like, it, it is kind of like a way to get better as an organization without, without needing to think, Oh, we need a top five pick or, Oh, we need to shell out 50, 60, $70 million for a free agent. No, like you can hire a damn good offensive line coach for whatever it costs. I don't know what these guys make million a year. You tell me. And we're going to get substantially better as a football team. Who I don't even know. Maybe you know better than me who, who those four or five offensive line coaches are. Maybe maybe those are the dudes a team should do everything in their power to get because that's a co- that that's a person who's going to get a hell of a lot more out of say you know Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown and Mitch Morris and Roger Saffold. And all. I mean, I thought Cromer was one of those guys. Honestly, we we were. We talked to Richie Incognito, right? He was high on Cromer, but they kind of were just okay this year too. So I don't know. It's inexact, but is this a way that teams can maybe, you know, get from very good to Super Bowl caliber in today's NFL? By hiring an offensive line coach, mm. <laughs> it doesn't move the meter for you. After my long soliloquy. <laughs> here's, here's why I'm smiling. Here's why I'm smiling. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, if we look at Frank, Frank Pollock in Cincinnati, all right? Cincinnati's offensive line, terrible. Cincinnati's offensive line this year, I know Chris Jones just wrecked that game no, a hell of a better. lot better because he's a but really good offensive line coach. And, yeah, they added new personnel there. But, I mean, you can get better on the offensive line without needing to break the bank and without needing to burn through – um, premium draft capital if you've got the right coach and an emphasis overall. We talked about it a little bit on the last as far as the, I, no question, the importance of the offensive line coach. It's major, it's a major, major hire for every head coach. And then being able to keep that offensive line coach with you the entire time. You see coaches when they get other jobs, they try, they, those guys usually take their offensive line coach with them because it's about, they, they have a way to build that room, not just the first tackle or they starting unit, the backups, they know who they want as back that role, good swing backups to build your roster. Who can play guard center? Who has that ability to swing? Could they bump out? Could they back up? That guy has huge value, but a lot of great offensive line coaches can tell more than scouts. Sometimes the versatility of alignment in college, they might see it more than a scout where, Hey, He's doing those types of things. Uh, he could do that inside too. He could do that outside. They they might see that more than we would. Um, so their value of an offensive line coach goes on. You know, I, I don't think I think most people would agree the value is huge. The hard part for me is always if Jalen Hurts struggles throwing KC if he's missing some open like. This offensive line, it's not going to matter. That's right. Whereas I mean, if no, the offensive line, line could struggle, like Patrick Mahomes couldn't move last week, but yet he's so talented, he still found ways to make throws on one leg and scramble on one leg. It's where, you know, not you put on – if Chad Henney plays that game completely healthy – against Mahomes, who was hobbling, 
Chiefs don't win. That's just how much I value. That's just the, I guess that's where I'm just trying to say. Right. Well, I'm not saying that the choice is between having a good offensive line coach and having uh, Patrick Mahomes. I guess that's what I'm saying. I just don't value as taking you over the top to get to the Super Bowl. You know what, Jim? Our internet is getting a little unstable here. That would be the way I would say it. All righty, Jim. Uh, our internet's getting a little shaky here down the stretch. So, you know, we got to – we're not going to go quarterback kneel down quite yet, but maybe we're in four-minute offense. What do you think? I'm good. I mean, I've given my – yeah, I got to just – right now I feel like I have the lead. I, I've done all, everything I can do on my takes. I feel – I got everything out there. Now I just got to hold on for the big – Yeah, you brought it. I wish I, uh, I wish I had a strong take on this game right now. I think that, I do think that there's going to be a player in this game. Maybe this is a good way to, to kind of close up the episode, Jim. There's going to be a player in this game that we're not talking about. We're not thinking about that makes the play in the fourth quarter, everything on the line, right? There's somebody every single Super Bowl that makes that play. And that's kind of what I'm also trying to figure out right now is who is that player going to be? You know, is it Reed Blankenship out there in Philadelphia getting snubbed by Nick Saban out of high school, getting a handshake and not much conversation, and his tibia is sticking out of his leg, and he's making the team as the 89th highest-paid player on the squad. Is it that guy? Or is it a a Quez Watkins, a uh, a, re- a backup wide receiver who we sat down today at length for a story later this week. He's, you know, he's got a really interesting backstory and he's going to get singled up. He's going to have opportunities to be a lot of attention on AJ Brown, a lot of attention on Devontae Smith, that yeah. running game. He could be that player that, you know, gets a linebacker at some point, gets a nickel, a dime and takes advantage uh, you start. Who, who's that guy for you? Either way, that could have a big game that we're not talking nearly enough about in Phoenix. I love this player. We've talked about him a little bit. Jarek McKinnon. I just feel like he'll find a way to make a first down, get in the end zone, turn a small play into something big. He's just always done that. He did it in college. He's a big game player. I love that guy. Yeah, he's a stud. Um, it's incredible he overcame, too. I mean, he had a catastrophic knee injury. I mean, I feel, I feel like it was yesterday. Maybe it was a couple of years ago at yeah. this point. But I remember when I that happened, I'm like, he's done. <laughs> These running backs at that I point of their career. He was done. Yeah. Here he is in the Here Super Bowl. Once again, these guys. I like that. Yeah. So. What about Kadarius Tony? That'd be my guy in the Chiefs. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something about him. He's either going to help me cash this ticket. He might be the reason he do something. Oh, Jim, we're he losing has a wild you now. side to him that I, I will. Uh, wild side. We heard wild side. We, we, we heard the most important part of that take. I just said he is a wild side as far as fumbles where – I just can't count on him to do anything. Wild card for me. 
I like him on those jet sweeps because they actually use him. So many of these guys who are motioning in that jet sweep action, they just don't get the ball. They're just trying to get a linebacker stepping the wrong way and give the ball to somebody else. He actually gets it. Right? They might have, they might be doing a little funky uh ring around the rosy before they get to the line of scrimmage, but they they use him. And he's well he gets he gets zero to sixty as fast as anybody. So I I could see him being oh, a factor if he's if he's healthy, right? His health has been an issue. But I, Jim, let's, uh, you know, we're having all these internet issues. We might have to shut this baby down. Let's, 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 let's watch the tape, trust our technique and see, and see what we can do next time.